his concept was Oedipus Rex syndrome, which if you don't know that story, it's a Greek mythology story. JJ, you want to take it? You were like excited. Well, no, I just know the story. I feel smart. Go ahead. So I just, uh, look, I'm going to explain it much <laughs> worse than you. Smart. I'm going to say Oedipus had a thing for his mom. Yeah. Welcome to the What's Everybody podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. And today we have two very special guest hosts. Uh, Brittany. Hey. <laughs> and Taylor. Hi. They are hosts of the, how do you pronounce this? I'll screw it up. Because I. It Scissors. Like try. Scissors. No, Brittany, you had to try it first. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> The Scissors Podcast. Thank you for saving me, Brittany. I appreciate that because I Anytime, slaughter. The guys can attest. I slaughter names and pronunciations all the time, so I appreciate the save there. Um, but yeah, welcome. We appreciate it. Bringing a an interesting take on the movie we're going to talk about, which we'll get to in a minute. But first, let's talk about our sponsor because we're sponsored and shit. Um, yeah, cheers to the new year from our friends at Manscaped. Because your resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well-kept, 2024 is the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your Times Square balls. Um, <laughs> Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Hey, I don't write the shit, but I like it. Uh, right here, this the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for the clean shave and look, this trimmer's got you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now's your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code the verdict, all one word for 20% off plus free shipping. Happy new year or happy new balls. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to this one. Oh. Little different than our sister's conversation. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> this is pretty tame, actually, for the one. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing. <laughs> well, I mean, when I first heard Matt's recording this one, I think I threw a diaper at him. Uh, you did, and it was great. Um, and this one's like, yeah, this one's not. We we got past the the South Pole. That was yeah, no no one. more South Pole references. Yeah. I'm, I may have. Why was your oh. South Pole reference? Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Just I, think may about have, it. I may or just, may not have used this it. with you, Tay. Come on. It's keeping your South Pole clean. Come on. Way to shake those, JJ. That's great. It's the, gra- it's the greatest <laughs> euphemism I've ever used. Um, look, I look. I like their stuff, too. I don't know if I told you guys. Matt may already know this because he was editing some of my shorts, but I actually He's enjoyed... editing your actual shorts or your shorts for this? <laughs> no, oh, yeah. some things he recorded. I will let I you like, decide. <laughs> he got one of these too, so I'll let you decide. Oh, no. um, yeah, so I enjoyed this so much that, that I went and bought the uh, the beard hedge trimmer. Now I haven't used it yet, but it's on the list to do this weekend because I'm getting a little mountain manish. But it's cold outside, so yeah, I was going to say, Jay, it. you're looking a little scraggly compared to what yeah. I used to. Uh, I think you meant to say sexy Matson. That's Have right. you seen well, that I mean, full beard? And <laughs> it's my shorts. What do you want? No. <laughs> I feel like Bart Simpson or something. Like, I'd eat my shorts. Anyway, we're uh, starting a new month. So, welcome. And that new month is the AFI Top 100. God, that's a mouthful. Look, it's really badass movies and 
there's a hundred of them and we picked a few that we liked and then Charles voted on it. So go, if you want to be part of voting, go join our Patreon. You can vote too um, and decide what we watch. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's great. This week we're watching and reviewing Psycho. It was released September 8th, 1960. It was written by Joseph Stefano and Robert Block, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. It stars Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, Vera Miles, John Gavin, Martin Balsam, John McIntyre, Simon Oakland, and Patricia Hitchcock as the voice of Carolyn. Um, yeah, let's talk about this movie. Oh, wait, we need a, a synopsis, which this one's really weird. Anyway, a Phoenix secretary embezzles $40,000 from her employee's client, goes on the run, and checks into a remote hotel run by a young man under the domination of his mother. I mean, it's accurate, but it just yeah. doesn't really work. So, anyway... Yeah, I think we should we should start with our guest host. So to introduce my my wife is Taylor. And we were watching this and Brittany was over and then like halfway through there. They or not even halfway, like immediately they were just talking about all like the well, I don't I mean, you guys. I didn't like at times I felt like I wasn't even watching the movie because they were talking so much, but they were extremely <laughs> interested in what this movie had to say. So I think we should give the floor to our scissors co-host to why this movie was so fascinating to them initially okay well first off we're true crime podcast listeners mm. oh, yeah. true crime. crime junkie <laughs> crime junkie is fabulous and um, yes. what's the mm-hmm. saying you say it all the time oh so what was it they're old like tagline stay weird stay safe stay alive <laughs> yeah so she should have listened she should have listened. Like, listened who goes in the middle of freaking nowhere like obviously this guy's crazy and he's very interested in you what's up <laughs> Like you're not gonna go like stay out there and like you're gonna die. All you gotta do is not lie to Norman and you're fine. (laughs) No, but Norman would have come after you anyways if you were a young, sexy woman. That's all. That's pretty much what it was because his mom. Uh, I am Norman's type. Okay. (laughs) No, no, no. Obviously, he's Mrs. Bates's type, and that keeps you safe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a bunch of unexplored things. But yeah, Brittany and I were going back and forth because Brittany and I immediately were like, well, that shows we do a podcast for mental health because I'm a therapist. Brittany is my sidekick on everything. So we talk about everyday mental health. Yeah, yeah, and this one like totally epitomizes like all of these themes that you see. But it was interesting because we were going back and forth talking about how um, it was very revolutionary for them to talk about these mental health disorders that were pretty intense for the time being. Like they were touching on extreme mental health disorders that weren't talked about really at all in the general population and then putting them within a movie, which Hitchcock is known. Brittany loves Hitchcock. So I've seen these since I was a little kid. This was one I actually hadn't seen though yet. Um, but like it's iconic for him to break a lot of the social norms, but for him to talk about mental health specifically was interesting, especially for what they understood about mental health then. Cause I was going through and like diagnosing this guy the whole time and being like, that's this part, that's this part. And they meshed like three or four different mental health issues into one issue. And it was interesting to see how they were textbook on some things and then how they were spread out through others. Hmm. So which, I mean, obviously they talk about, the personality i don't want to call it the wrong thing because we have different names is it did now so he looks like he's a split between things so if you guys can we like do spoilers in this i don't remember yeah for sure 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So it came out in this is 1960. Not everybody. <laughs> I appreciate you asking, but yes. <laughs> 1960 movie we're good <laughs> well at the same time you know like not everyone's got educated in the 1960s ask matson it took him a long time to watch those old shows with me <laughs> why are you helping alec right now <laughs> because i'm married to you i you love this so much babies. i love that um so the interesting thing was like they showed how you like this lady goes into this very um isolated area and there was this guy that was very charismatic it was almost like ted bundy style charisma right like he was very yeah, it was like warm, total very serial killer like yeah like the top- all those serial killer like profiles to a t like because of why bringing our well, because he was like that. friendly he was charming he was like he i mean uh, just keep going take there's so he many of those like birds. <laughs> yeah his okay, stuffed birds were total like <laughs> This is fascinating because he totally picked a passive animal. So you could see where he had a representation for the birds themselves. The birds were represented, which Hitchcock had a weird thing for birds too. So maybe he needs to be psychoanalyzed. Mm-hmm. But-, but animal mutilation, right? And like harming animals is a sign of serial killers. Like that because is it's just- a part of antisocial yeah. personality disorder. So checkbox there, isolation, yep. super ability close to be from, charismatic. Like, yep. A super close relationship with your mom. Like that's a so that's Freudian like thing. Freudian. That also, but it also goes to serial killer like- there usually is some interesting relationship with women, which is why they go mothers. <laughs> Guys, Freud is a freak. So back in the 1920s, Freud ran a lot of these concepts. So he was the one that most people knew, which was psychoanalysis. Guys, I'm getting so excited. But he was the one <laughs> that ran all of these things. And so his concept was Oedipus Rex syndrome, which if you don't know that story, it's a Greek mythology story. JJ, you want to take it? You were like excited. No, I just know the story. I feel smart. Go ahead. So I just uh, look. I'm going to explain it much <laughs> worse than you. I'm going to say Oedipus had a thing for his mom. Yeah, yeah. So Oedipus <laughs> ended up marrying his mother, and he didn't know it was his mother until the whole story comes out to an end, right? And there's this whole thing with this oracle that was blind and everything else. But the main concept is he had a thing for his mother, and he was actually attracted to her. So Freud has this concept where everybody is attracted to their opposite parent. So, like, a daughter had penis envy and was attracted to her father and only wanted to, like, please her father. And South the son Pole had envy. This... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Man South Pole envy. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and then the boys had this weird attraction to their mother. And it was really, like, he was a very, um, a lot of his theories are very sexually oriented. Like, babies had oral fixation kind of thing. Like, all of the stages of development were explained, like, through a sexual lens. But specifically, boys had a thing with their moms. And then you could see that dynamic where this man grew up never pleasing his mom. So he grew up with significant trauma. His dad died when he was five. Clearly, there was no father figure. His mom was clearly verbally abusive. And then she goes and kills her lover is what the But did she is, right? kill the lover? No, yeah. because it comes out. That's a, I, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, so, pretty sure see, that wasn't the mom. Like, yeah, because so he was the, jealous enough. Yeah, with the Oedipus complex to... Yeah. So story starts off really slow where it's like Oedipus complex. Then he builds into this whole thing of, um, you know, like there's two different personalities and then he's attacking people and he's killing people. And then it comes out, he actually killed the mom and the, the, her lover because he was jealous of their relationship and he wanted to be with his mother, which is a Freudian idea in there. Right. So you can see as we're going through, there's antisocial personality disorder with presence of mutilation of animals as a youth taxidermy now heavy interest in 
um, kind of like the the death side of life and like the alone. He self-isolates. He has charisma and he can connect to people really well, but he doesn't have empathy or connection emotionally. So that's the part where people say like psycho, psychopath. So it's kind of two separate things, right? Like mm-hmm. there is antisocial personality disorder that we now diagnose and then psychopathology. Psychopaths tend to like lack empathy. He shows spots of it, but then he has a connection to his mom, which is a Freudian idea. So he doesn't always fully qualify as a psychopath nowadays is how we would like classify him. And then you get the last bit of the dissociative identity disorder where he, his brain has a fissure. It's like Moon Knight that we talked about last season mm-hmm. where he shifts into another personality and his personality he takes on as his mom, which usually when you have dissociative identity disorder, you don't do your abuser. You do a protector personality mixed with the, like, so you have one that's going to guard like in Moon Knight, where he had an innocent personality, and then he had one that like guards his personality. And in this, he became the aggressor. So that's more like people in the past have said it's like schizophrenia and other things like that, but it doesn't really classify nowadays for schizophrenia. He didn't really have hallucinations. He just almost shifted into a parallel mindset that looks similar to DID, but isn't fully that. So it's interesting because he, he did really complex mental health disorders, that don't fully translate a lot of it was trauma-based that you just don't like it, it didn't hit quite right but it's interesting that he chose to do those ones well it's it's little known so a lot of people think psycho the movie title psycho and they're like oh it's because he's a killer and the truth about the actual truth is there was interviews done uh with hitchcock where he talks about no it's because the diagnosis there was psychological there was mental disorder there and he talked about it briefly that i wasn't trying to say he's psycho because he's a killer he's a killer because he's a psycho and that's the part like i named it but most people and i I, i'm the same way like when i was a kid i didn't know i was like psycho because he's a killer you know and you get the Mm -hmm. psycho killer like all that stuff is just training your brain where you're like oh psycho because he kills but it's really the opposite of that and that's what hitchcock was trying to say and that's why he was way ahead of his time in general well, like but, these theories weren't even published yet. And that's what's cool yeah. to me, knowing like the history of of the psych world and of the medical profession is we hadn't connected within the medical profession itself that trauma equals all these these behaviors, equals serial killers, equals everything else yet. We got that in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, so for him to understand that was iconic for n- not only his field, but for our field, which is cool. Yeah. JJ, like going back to what you said, like, I don't know how many crime podcasts you've listened to, but Tay and I <laughs> are huge crime junkie fans. Um, but so if you go into like the suspect profiling, like you had mentioned, right? Like psycho was named psycho because of the psychopathic tendencies. Like if we were looking for the suspect, like how would we profile him? What would he be? We would say we are looking for a 20 to 30 something year old male who's charismatic, charming has family relationships, most likely lives in an isolated environment. Like there are things that you could like pinpoint that would then be like, okay, this guy's totally a psychopath. Therefore, that's why he's our suspect. Um, But like, Tay, what else would you add to that like suspect list? But it basically like just checks off all of those psychopath profiling would be what we're looking for, would also be your suspect profile. So If for anybody You're else, looking at like the man. family system, like you would literally spread it out. Where what was his childhood development? And they yeah. give us it's crazy because I keep thinking back in the sixties, people didn't even ask these questions in intake. But like that's what Hitchcock gave us. He gave us a background of him. He gave us an understanding of like 
how he developed that way, why he developed that way, and then why he was executing the behaviors he did. And even the psychiatrist was able to say that in the movie. And the psychiatrist then probably wouldn't have gone to that. He would have been like your subconscious thoughts because it was more Freudian and behaviors and then than it was looking at all the other things. So it was cool that Hitchcock set it up that way and said that stuff because that's not how the medical field was then. Yeah. It just makes me love it more. I'm just going to throw that out there. So Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's, he's done, he did it in a couple, I don't know. It sounds like you're at Brittany, a, a junkie of Hitchcock like me. And I know Alec is as well, but Vertigo does a lot. Oh, uh, my too. favorite. Matt just still hasn't seen Vertigo. So oh, I haven't, gonna watch, we're yeah. going to watch it. Like it's my favorite. Why am I not surprised you haven't seen Vertigo? Right? I wasn't yeah. and I was like, dude, why am I not Vertigo? surprised? Matson doesn't watch anything past the nineties. He says it's too I old. I know. I know. Yeah. You're on mute, dude. You're on mute and this is brilliant. He also leaves <laughs> things on mute too. It's I, fun. I do this often at work as well. I watch things past the nineties. I love Indiana Jones and we're watching Raiders. If you hadn't seen Indiana Jones, we wouldn't you even be talking right, right now. Look, Alec, yeah. you've got two more fans. When you. I when I met Tay, she's like, "Have you seen Seven Brothers and Seven Wives?" Seven like, no. No, seven seven brothers. What's wrong you? Exactly. Terrible movie. No, it's no, it's not. It's a classic. JJ just gave you a baddie All I'm saying is Alec has two more advocates <laughs> no, on his no. side to bully me right now. I was going to say, it's Alec, four we against got one you. now. Like, we got you. <laughs> it's, you're, I, we I, usually waiting so long. But, yeah. but I should say, listening audience, yes, did I really enjoy this movie? It was awesome. Phenomenal movie. Highly impressed from start to finish. And yeah, was it in black and white? And we know how I feel about that. I was prepared for it, but I think well acted and a good twist it's just overall intriguing i really What's liked your it problem with black it's because it's hitchcock like honestly yeah. if you hated it we would have had beef i'm just throwing it out there it's true <laughs> Gingy, let's we're trade Madsen for britney can we do <laughs> that <laughs> hey i have told Madsen this i was in a very exclusive film club at one point in my life nice. and it was me and my best friend and that was our was it? Hey, that sounds like me. I started a very exclusive podcast about movies with my best friends. So it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. I get so it. So I like really come with those prerequisites, Matt. And we would watch stuff like Hitchcock or this. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. <laughs> Hitchcock is definitely. Well, and there's a reason he's got, I think it's like four movies on the AFI Top 100. Like the guy doesn't mess around. So for the, when it came to this month, like I knew when we got went into this month, I picked some more modern. And by that, I mean not black and white <laughs> or by Hitchcock, but I knew Alec was going to go straight for a handful of certain movies. Cause he has a, an affinity for the old. I have a movies, type, but he does. I well, have the same type, Alec. We're good. <laughs> like I in, totally respect that. <laughs> in terms of some movie trivia in in terms of black and white, one of the fun facts of this movie, why did Hitchcock mm. film this movie in black and white? There was two reasons. I'm going to cheat. I'm not going to cheat. Cause I know. Cause I have a really good friend named Charles that tells me shit like this. So <laughs> I think it was because of the mental state of things. Like he was trying to show the, I think it like, I'm trying to verbalize how to say it, but it's probably simpler than what I'm thinking. So I'll just be quiet. Was it just from like a cinematog like cinematography perspective, like just trying to make it feel more like dark and eerie and like, and more the edge or was it more complicated? No, in Hitchcock, it was more complicated. M much simpler than that, to be honest. Much simpler. All right, really? Jay, give us the answer. It, it's because of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so Rare Window had a huge budget then compared. 
Well, well so it did it, have James Stewart and Grace Kelly, so like. Well, yeah, well and it was done cute. in Technicolor, wasn't it? I mean, if you have Grace Kelly in anything, then you're going to like be able to, you know. Well, and you would want to pay for that, yeah. But Matt's we're still think she's pretty and she's dead, so, you know. Yeah. No, it was for, it was to save money. It it actually cut the film cost by 75%. Um, that's the one reason that I know. Okay, that which is, one is his most famous one, though? Is Psycho one of his top famous movies? Yeah. Probably yeah. Psycho and the Birds, don't you think, Alec? Oh, the yeah. Birds is terrible. The, the other reason to JJ's answer is also because he was worried about it being too gory uh, for the audience as oh, well. Oh yeah, because was it what was it that was like so um, historical about that? It was like the angle of the knife. There was bright red blood that flew when he was cutting up Marion, and was so that like the was, like, yeah, yeah, it was unheard of in Hollywood at the time. So like you just didn't, and he did, he was afraid audience couldn't handle it. All right, and on that note, this is my second trivia question about that very scene. How long, how many days did it take to film that particular scene? Knowing Hitchcock, 23. <laughs> yeah. 23. <laughs> Do we have any other takers? I'd say seven. JJ's right on the head. Seven. And there were 77 different angles that were taken for that particular scene, albeit the actual scene was 45 seconds. So when you really think about that, like an intense amount of work for such a finite moment in time. Yeah. Does anybody it's know iconic Hitchcock and like paired like, with the sound? Like, yeah. wait, does anybody know if Hitchcock had a mental like disorder? Oh, undoubtedly. But do, yeah. do you know what yeah. his disorder was? I don't was? know if he was diagnosed. Guys, I'm googling this. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I, I was like, I'll yeah, Google it right yeah. now. But yeah, the last the and last then, like, trivia well, question that I wanted to go through. It's also I don't know if it's in this scene, but in in the bathroom. This was the first time this particular object was ever filmed on screen. What Toilet. was it? Toilet. Toilet. Alec is correct. Mm. I had no idea. And now we Haven't know. Have you ever seen Pleasantville? I have, but it's not my favorite movie. Uh, you got to go watch it. I'll have it to, I it just makes fun of that joke. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah, I didn't know that. Pleasantville is annoying. The sound and well, the fun, last last joke. fun fact in terms of the, the sound of the knife stabbing was a knife being stabbed into a melon if we wanted to know so there you go um you know yeah it's the right sound the west sound guys are awesome (laughs) sound guys are awesome i would love to do that job um i think so thinking about hitchcock and this one this film in particular because to me it's the most recognizable for what he does meaning when I was a kid, the first time I watched this film, I think I was like 11 years old and a friend of mine's like, let's watch it. You got to watch it. I'm like, I hate black and white movies. It's like, dude, you, and I was uncomfortable the whole freaking movie. And I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I was 11 years old or whatever age I was. And even now, like I know exactly what's happening, but like this, the use of sound, the fact that you don't see a lot, like, it's not like we have like today's gore. And I've bitched about this on horror pot, like reviews that we've done where I'm like, once you see the monster, it's too much. Like it's done. I lose interest for a little bit in most cases in this one. Like there's, it's fast enough. It's creepy enough scenario. It's a place that you normally feel safe, regardless of where you're at. And all of those things combined with the sound and the music culminate to this just eerie, uncomfortable thing. Like his, he's known for quote unquote horror films, but most of his films aren't scary. They're just uncomfortable and intense. And, I feel like it has a lot to do with the fact that he puts you in these situations where you're like, I've been there. 
I've done that. I can relate to that. And then he puts this weird music to it and the sound. And you're like, I, I don't want to keep watching this. Like it's making my skin crawl. So I, I just think he's brilliant across the board. And I think in this one, one of the reasons this one's most popular is because it makes people uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Yeah. And his character profiling, like, is just amazing for how he adds with all of those other assets. Like, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he it's unrivaled. It's he, he's really good at understanding emotions and understanding how to use those emotions to whatever he wants to use them, which is almost like a psychopath. Like he's manipulative. He's kind of like Hitchcock himself. If you watch all his movies, is good at this, and that's what like makes you go back to his movies and why they're timeless, but also kind of creepy. Like. Because he can make you feel whatever he wants you to feel. It's true. Didn't Huge hurt. Dick. Always got go- <laughs> Huge dick, but oh my gosh, do I love Alfred. As I Googled this, do you want to hear what popped up for him? Yeah. It's creepy. I'm, I'm ready. Of course okay. it is. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course According it is. According to Spotto, including, so he has misogyny, sadistic tendencies, fantasies of rape, bathroom and other fetishes about sex and the body, overwhelming guilt anxiety and a mother fixation phobias towards women people in general and the world at large so he's kind of like norman i mean but women do die in the majority of all the of them but yeah. it's like like maybe he had a mommy yeah, i was gonna issue. say all but i was like is it all of them no Pretty because fun. nobody died in oh no one yep nope Rear window, yeah. Rear window, it was a woman. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was like pretty much every movie. I was like going through my brain real fast. Did a man ever die? Uh, oh, excuse yeah. me. The private eye. Yeah, the private yeah. detective. I was like, just okay. I couldn't remember. I'm, that's what yeah, I was yeah. Yeah. You get her, Alec. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, and not to mention, like, and to Alec's gags. point, he was an asshole. Like, it's, it's. Oh, he's it's, a dick. It, like, people, when they filmed with him, like. <laughs> he sounds like a psychopath. They didn't like him at all like they hated what was he like a narcissist was he just no no no. he sounds like he's a psychopath psychopath. he can manipulate emotions he has no emotion no empathy and no regards towards other people plus so past narcissism yeah Yeah. past narcissism it's it's to the point of like a psycho yeah and then like Like there's like the rumors if you read is like he was just he's rude he puts people in uncomfortable situations like the actress that was i can't remember her name now that i should but that was stabbed in the shower like Janet he she begged him like there's a story where she begged she's like can we take a break and he's like no we have to keep going for seven days like she was stabbed in a shower wet cold half naked and like he's like I don't give a shit it's about the art and I don't care what you feel right now so and it was like there's a woman well yeah and back then there wasn't the you know the safety laws the employer employee laws things like that that kept them safe it was just we need to make these films. And I, the birds I think was the worst that I've ever read about. Like he was an absolute dickhole on the birds to the actors, to everybody. So while he makes genius films, he wasn't a good person. <laughs> so. Which and be why he made genius films. <laughs> I mean, sure. Most of these guys you hear about or in ladies that make genius shit, you're like, mm, they've had one or two meltdowns on set. <laughs> So well, it goes that way with any artist, I think, throughout time, too. Sure. Like, if we were to think back to like, like Frida Kahlo was her life was like reeked full of havoc. I mean, all of these like genius artists, it comes with a price. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting, guys, because I'm that? still researching him and he's creepy. But 
a lot of mental health people have researched his films and have shown a direct correlation between his films and a stigmatization for mental health disorders. Hmm. So a lot of our stigmas that come from social media, people only know these disorders and think that they're like these big things and think if you go to like a therapist or need mental health issues, like a psychiatrist, you are that level. And it's like, those are extreme cases that most of us will never see in our career. But because big things like Hitchcock would put them in movies, it set the tone for the field. And say you had said that like those would not be comorbid diagnoses, right? Like no, you wouldn't have all of these diagnoses is like. Wait, for us layman people like me, comorbid diagnosis, you might want to break that one down because we might have some. That means diagnosed together. So usually when you have like mental health disorders, there's usually some that will pair together. So like depression, anxiety, 80 to 90% of people have those two diagnosed together. ADHD, yeah, or like ADHD, OCD, okay, which is yeah. obsessive compulsive disorder or anxiety are higher diagnosed together. So we look at like, what is the likelihood that those two are going to be diagnosed at the same time? And that there's a quite a few, but to have like, these significant brain fissures trauma and then be like a psychopath on top of all these things like i mean like maybe ted bundy or like um baby who's the one that we watched the show on that eight people oh um, yes yeah like that because we couldn't study him maybe they were like this norman bates but like but these I are mean, like one in a gazillion per like right for statistically. Like, it, it's so out there. Like we don't usually see that. But Tay, you brought up a good point though, because when these movies came out, there wasn't social media to look things up. You had to go to the library, read an encyclopedia. So when this was on film and this was like the film, you walk away from there, you're like, Oh, I guess that's what it's like to be crazy. And then you're like, Oh, I know there's a person in my neighborhood named Alec, and he's kind of crazy. He's probably like that too. That's all I've learned so far is that I'm really close to being a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> but the diagnoses too, like if you look at our DS, so we have a diagnostic statistic manual that is released, right? We're on our fifth one going on our sixth one. And it's changes each time, meaning that the medical leaders are saying, like, hey, there's something that we didn't understand. Research has shown us something new, right? So the understanding back in the 60s when they didn't even know these things existed, because all these things came out more in 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. We've made a ton of progress in the last 20 years. 2000 to 2024 or 23 is huge. And that's where it's like for them to go into such, yeah, they, they created a stigma where if you had any mental health disorder, if you needed any therapy, if you need any help, you're clearly the guy from Psycho. You're Norman Bates. You're not Alec in a bowl outfit and doing whatever. And then JJ, what year did exactly. this come out? I'm completely normal. Nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Your own version. Yeah, okay, so like it, for another pop culture reference, though, that would have like played into people's stigma at the time, right? For like mental health and disorders. To Kill a Mockingbird came out at that same time. No. So and then they did one flew over the cuckoo's nest in the 70s, and mm-hmm. then in the 80s we had serial killers. Come well, out. We like, had so many. But like but, To Kill a Mockingbird came out in 1960. So like in those years we had Boo Radley and we had Psycho. Like of course people are going to end up with all these like stereotypes, right? Like this is what crazy looks like. Have you met Boo? Have you met what's his bucket from Psycho? Who I'm driving a bank right now, Warren. Norman like Bates. yeah, yeah. I was like Norman Bates. I was thinking Bates, and I couldn't remember. But like. They are very like this I is what excited. it looks like. But then think about from PTSD, nineteen forty five, World War Two. That was huge, right? And then you had Vietnam and all these guys coming back in the seventies. Like you're having progression of people showing symptoms similar. Well, that's one over the cuckoo's nest. Similar to one over the cuckoo's nest. But I'm saying like 
there's a progression social media wise and stigma wise that Hitchcock kept inserting all of these major themes, showing people what they look like. And people were showing similarities. So people like Alec would be like, yes, you are crazy. You should probably be in the nut house and not come near me. Um, and you're a psycho. Like, Alec, no, you are not Norman Bates. <laughs> no, you're not. I All I heard was, well, I, I need to know. go get a motel. <laughs> I don't know. I need to interview you more before I trust In the middle you. of nowhere. <laughs> and get a butcher knife. And I am good. If anybody ever drives by the Burgess Hotel, just keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the sign on. <laughs> Uh, did you guys ever watch Vacancy? Oh my gosh, that one freaked me out so bad. Yeah, that was a good one. Because it was like so plausible, you know, kind of like this was a like, hotel in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, you just never yeah. know. With the creepy yeah. I don't like hotels anyway. My parents were, when I, I, I hear the story all the time, when my parents were on their, on some trip, I don't remember what it was, but someone broke into their hotel room, like while they were in it in the middle of the night and like, stole other bags like told them they not to leave the bed because they'd kill it like it was crazy so i've never i'm the guy that when i'm in a hotel room like i've got all those online contraptions that lock my door even more like i check them like four times because like i'm paranoid about hotels because of that and so watching this film doesn't help so jj i'm gonna need all the links to your items yeah i can send them to you yeah, well, and JJ those. Tay suggested a book after we watched Psycho the other day. Because Tay, you had never seen Psycho, right? Until this? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. I knew about it, but I had never actually she knew seen it. She knew about it, it. yeah. That was I watched all the other Hitchcock yeah. ones. I just hadn't gotten to that one yet. Don't um, judge me, Alec. I've watched all the other ones. The birds scarred me for woo! life. Now I see flocks of birds, and I'm about ready to cry. That's but, what Alec does. He judges. I do. Tay had us read this book afterwards, though, and I just Diagnosis. finished it today. But, like, you shouldn't have come here. And it's, like, another one that's, like, an Airbnb out you in the finish middle of nowhere. Yeah, I finished it. We'll talk about it later. But um, I'm waiting for you to like, finish this book. It was one of those where Alfred Hitchcock and the like premise of Psycho has remained socially relevant because at the beginning of this book, I was like, oh my gosh, Tay, like it's totally just the Psycho storyline. Like, no wonder you thought of this. And then it pivots. Um, it doesn't end up staying Psycho storyline. But I, just as like I'm teaching a Shakespeare class right now to middle school kids, and we just keep talking about like how Shakespeare's still relevant and like, all these type of things. And so now just to be like, how is Alfred Hitchcock still relevant? How is he like still affecting like pop culture and all of these things at this point? And it was just so fun to be like, okay, one of these like bestsellers right now literally has a psycho premise. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. Still relevant. Alfred Hitchcock still rocks, even though he was a duty sack. Yeah. Well, Brittany, you said another one we were watching this, the disturbing movie with Shia LaBeouf is basically like the, uh, well, actually, no, it's. The next movie we're going to review is on Rear View, so I'm gonna. We'll no, that was yeah, yeah, that was Rear, rear window. window. Yeah, yeah, Rear Window is Disturbia was Rear Window. That, Guys, but, yeah, uh, I, I hate Disturbia, but it was a good movie. Matt, so we should probably watch it. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the next one, but I I will say it's fun. We're talking about historical figures that have had an influence on cinema, and I couldn't just help thinking Alec about Charlie Chaplin and Black and White, <laughs> and just wanted to hate all over that. But I know he was foundational. Yep. Hollywood wouldn't be Hollywood without Charlie. Alec is seething true. on the inside and he just, just wants to stab me. I'm my hotel and hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Matson's invited to the grand yeah, opening. Yeah, I was going to say, Matson, you're going to get sick during that no, grand opening. Am I, am I going to get 20% off with the, the verdict of my Manscaped <laughs> yes. shirt? Yeah. Absolutely. You can you can uh, you can edit my shorts while we're there. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so creepy. So let's rate this thing while we got five ratings. Okay. Brittany Taylor, I don't know if you're familiar. We rate on a zero to five scale. Zero being absolute booty cheeks and a five <laughs> meaning not good. That that could be misinterpreted. Sorry. Zero meaning it's not good. It's terrible. Worst thing you, you ever seen. You reminded me of Pootie from Mythic Quest when you said that. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. And then five being a perfect film. So any, and you, we don't rate on the halves. Your whole number zero, one, two, three, four, or five. That's it. Oh, we got rid of the halves. What? Yeah, what happened to halvesies? Do, do that, Jay. Have we always gone? I've yeah, never, we've always. Yeah, gone you do halvesies all the time. Fine, you like three halves. Yeah, we'll do. I remember halves. What you're you right. about? You've done four point fives yourself, Jay. I know, and I hate it. I've always wanted to be on the whole numbers, but Let's you bastards New year. convinced me. New year, new us. <laughs> No, no, no. It was, I remember now, it was really tough being on the whole numbers because we did try it, I think, and it was, it didn't go well. So we, or it was four, somebody was given 4.25s. Was that? That was Javier. That was Manson. That was, that was like Javier yeah, time. Yeah. And yeah, we let that go. I was like, no, this shit's got to stop. It gets too over. It's might as well just do one through 10 at that point. Um, so there it is. Yeah. Uh, Alec, this is yours, buddy. You're first. This Get this is shit over. my movie. All right. Uh, so I love Psycho. I've seen it countless times. I hate horror films, but I love anything that Alfred Hitchcock touched. Um, Psycho, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock, his timing is impeccable. The way he paces movies, so good. Uh, this is an easy, I don't need halvesies for this, 100% <laughs> five. I will be watching this again multiple times. It's uh, one of my favorite movies, so I'm glad we got it on the pod. Nice. I'm just going to go clockwise. So Taylor, you're up next. Um, I vote a 4.5 because I think he was progressive for his time. I think it was well executed. Being the therapist that I am, knowing what I know now, that's why I'm docking it a 0.5. But other than that, it's a great movie. You should watch it. Nice. Well, All right, Brittany. I'm going to go with Alec on this one. I'm giving it a five. Um, Alfred Hitchcock has been one of those like defining directors for me, like him, Coen brothers. I've got a type of director. I like, I know what I like. And he has helped like, you know, create kind of like my artistic vision for what I expect. So five out of five, I love Hitchcock. So it's sold. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's a high scoring one. I'm also giving it a five. Like, and I, I, mine's a little different. I just think because he was so groundbreaking, like, I'm a horror fan. I'm a I'm a thriller fan. I like psychological thrillers. I like movies that make me uncomfortable and tense. And so much to Alex's chagrin, I love these types of films. And we wouldn't have the films that we have, in my opinion, without Hitchcock and without Psycho and without uh, Vertigo and without these movies that made us uncomfortable in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And still to this day, 2023, I watch it, seen it 100 times, and I still go, this guy's creepy and it just makes me uncomfortable so they stand the test of time for me so five there it is all right Mattson, you're up, i'm buddy. curious what do you all think i would give well i should say my my true co-host alec and jj what would i what do you think i'm gonna give this movie three i'm gonna say four four point five wow oh what wow. what is what is my negative 0.5 on this how long it was no that it was Taylor's, black and white or taylor, taylor and I is too much. correct because <laughs> if this movie was in color and it had been foundational with the gore and everything five out of five got a docket for the color otherwise phenomenal movie okay but you also have to recognize that it should have a five for, 
for me, I took it down because of the therapy side, which is valid. But I think for yours, you need to go back and reassess, babe, because this is iconic for its time. And you can't base it off 2023. You have to base it off 1960. Go back and read. Look at this. Right, it's guys, never been alive black and white for a reason. So pull your head out of your bummy and think about this. Yeah, I, I don't know what 1960 was like, and thank goodness. I, I can't did. wait till we get Schindler's List on the podcast, and Matt has a docket point five for Ooh. being black and white. That's I don't Can we not watch that one? I wrote a whole like essay, whatever thing in college for that. It was like 30 pages comparing that. I mean, so guys, like, every we'll movie you watch, I have to watch. <laughs> no, I, I almost picked it. I almost picked it for the AFI list, but I was like, that's three hours. I'll never get back again for like the 20,000th time. So it's like, I, I'll pass. So I pick short movies. <laughs> yeah. That one consumed a lot of time for me in college, but black and white sometimes you just have to go with it. Yep. Manson. Agreed. I, I, so here's, and I'll laugh. I, here's the problem is for once in like ever, I'm on Matt's side on this one a little bit. It doesn't detract from me for the film. However, now that I know, thanks, Charles, you dick, uh, Guy Pierce's South Pole, because you've ruined it for me. Because now that I know, that's his Patreon name, by the way. Now that I know that it's because it was because of money, I'm like, you prick, you could have done it in color and we would have had blood. However, there is like a little floaty when she's in the shower getting stabbed. And I'm like, I bet that would have looked not good in color. So <laughs> black and white yeah, i'm like that looks well, like skin like the but... gore and everything else like it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been as good to us because they couldn't mim like imitate what we know now so it's almost it yeah. stayed relevant because it wasn't black and white and sure. not in color look so when i watched this and then up. i saw rear window that we will we'll review yeah but there was no gore in that one yeah but it, the color i was like blown away it's like it's like my eyes have been opened so i'm sticking <laughs> with it and i'm happy but wasn't that iconic because you still remembered psycho and it still stood out to you i don't agree with this score for you okay, i have another I argument it. though madsen i have hey, another argument sleep on the couch okay wandavision oh, did you oh WandaVision? did we all just hear this statement <laughs> He told me I need to sleep on the couch. You go sleep outside. <laughs> That's a bold threat, sir. <laughs> that was dumb. I need to hear Brandy's I am your argument. baby mama. Don't forget this. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Latina Spice Jeez. does not die. You go sleep outside, you turd. Brandy, what's your argument? Okay, did you guys discuss WandaVision in the past? We, we did that we was didn't that was pre-tv okay I, okay I don't I mean not that I'm a WandaVision fan but I think there are times where it can be like used like so if we were to like say WandaVision right remember they go from the black and white and it like reflects the time period it shows all these things and then it goes to color to like change the different scene and tone and all this like I think if we take it for what it is and we say if we were like okay Hitchcock accepted I'll take the budget cut I'll put it in black and white and I'm gonna make this epic and it's gonna kick butt like, I think that's where we have to go and be like, in WandaVision, it was, in a, you know, it was an intentional move. They did the black and white, shifts to color. And then in this one, like, Hitchcock did not do anything that was never not intentional. Like, just because it was a budget cut, that did not stop him. Like, he still was an iconic genius for a reason. And he's like, I see you. I'll take that budget cut. I will save money. I will make a bank on this movie. And it will be the, like still relevant how many years later right Look, like you you all you all can have your crayola box of two colors black and white i'm gonna take my 64 and be happy dude i'm wearing tie-dye i have a color thing on the back wall 
Like, you know my life is a rainbow. Brittany, let, let, like, let this be known. Brittany loves <laughs> color. She's basically a clown half the week. Like, I am, like, if I were to give you a tour of just this room alone, this is our art room, music room. It is like a crayon box threw up in here. So I am not one that takes black and white lightly. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I, I like black and white sometimes because I'm very visually overstimulated easily. Like, I see things that I'm probably not yeah, supposed to. Yeah, James is like, oh, shinies. I, yeah, I do. Like, it's like. And so for me, sometimes black and white makes me enjoy a movie or a photo more because there's less for me to be distracted by. And I can pay attention to the actual subject of yeah. the film or so I, I, I can point. argue both sides. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe it was intentional. I'm, you felt that character more because your senses were deprived in a certain area. Right. Mm-hmm. So that psychopath was able to develop more in your mind because there was not that mental stimulation, like mm-hmm. giving you all these different things. His sound is intentional. He removed that color aspect and he was able to freak the crap out of you because of these other aspects. Like your body and your brain were able to focus on those things and really feel the psychopath and the chills that gives you. As Crime Junkie always says, the full body chills. You felt that because of this. Like, I'm just going with that. Matson, you're wrong. That's <laughs> change your score now. We've bullied you enough. It's just not the first time my, my hair wouldn't translate on black and white. And like, Maybe that's a good just, thing, babe. You would look like everybody else, Matson. You're married to me, so deal with yeah, it. Yeah, in spite of that. Love this game. Um, yeah, so there it is. That This has been amazing. First of all, Brittany Taylor, thank you guys for hopping on the podcast and talking shop. Um, I think thanks it was, for having us. Yeah, it was a much Thank more educational you. episode than we would have talked. We did just Taylor, talked about people dying and screaming and shit. So tell tell them uh, tell our listeners how they can find you if they're looking for. I mean, you don't really say what you all do. So so yeah. I'm a mental health therapist. I work in Washington. I'm licensed in the state of Washington, um, and I work in specialty of trauma. And then I do teen anxiety. Um, anxiety and depression with them so kind of all over the board i have another therapist that specializes in eating disorders and everything else so clinic up here and we do our own podcast talking about mental health and everyday life Brittany incorporates kind of like the i mean she's my person you can tell we get along really well so we just talk about day-to-day stuff and how it can incorporate into your life so we have noticed at least i have i even do this in sessions with clients where we'll watch scenes from tv shows or other things like that so they can start to see how um mental health is like in everything and how it's portrayed because sometimes we don't see it in ourselves but we can see outside of ourselves so i love doing this kind of stuff i love analyzing it and we were just ranting when we were watching it matt's like you should just be on here with us because we had a lot of insight but clearly my husband's sleeping outside tonight after this so, <laughs> so if you want to if you want to listen to them more search scissors so that's s-i-s-s-e-r-s on spotify apple wherever you want to get your fancy youtube they're there and mm-hmm. get your your daily dose of uh mental health yep you can follow us on uhani counseling uh annie counseling on instagram Nice. And we're not too boring. Our tone's pretty much the same as what you caught here. So <laughs> we just don't have Matt's in a roast, but we do roast him without him there. We still roast him without him. Don't make fun of me. Yeah. I, Charles, I'm Charles, their podcast is made for you. They just roast me more. So go <laughs> for it. You too. Look, you should be my friend. We look, we get it. He took a break and we still roasted him like he was here. So. <laughs> I mean, it was just easier because he wasn't here to defend himself. <laughs> it's so much easier when he's not there to fight back. It's great. It's, a, it's a just a we love you, Madsen. Around here, absolutely. <laughs> my yeah. game, buddy. So Some that days. would suck. 
<laughs> when he doesn't tell you to sleep on the couch. Yeah, um, so, so with that, before we get out of here, also go check these guys out on the Scissors Podcast, but also go get Manscaped. Uh, go 20% off free shipping with the code the verdict at manscaped.com because nothing says happy new year like a deal that leaves your balls and your budget feeling refreshed. Uh, embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer courtesy of Manscaped. So go check them out. We appreciate them sponsoring us over the last few episodes. Hope to continue that if we can. Um, but yeah, there it is. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. I still love Easter, baby. Cinemagic out.